It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On this episode of Locked On Grizzlies, FIBA World Cup basketball is underway, and the Memphis Grizzlies, of course, have two representatives leading the way in our attention and coverage here at Locked On Grizzlies. Jaron Jackson Jr. of Team USA, Santi Aldama of Spain, both with strong showings and areas for growth in their first games, and of course, more coming up in the next day or so. We're going to talk about that next here on Locked On Grizzlies. Let's lock in. You are Locked On Grizzlies, your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello there, my dear friend. It has been so long since I've gotten to chat with you here on Locked on Grizzlies. I am Joe Mullinax of Bluff City Media in Memphis, Tennessee. That is where the company resides. I am not in Memphis, Tennessee. I wish I was because Memphis is wonderful. But I am here on the interwebs, on the you know podcasts, waves, however you're taking in the show, whether it's on YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. It is I, Joe Mullinax, back with you after a few days off here on Locked on Grizzlies. I'm flying solo. This time around, for those of you that are DeMichael Cole fans like me, you know, I'm a huge DeMichael Cole fan of the commercial appeal there in Memphis, Tennessee. He is getting a well-deserved long weekend. He'll be back with us later on this week. But it's just me on this Monday edition of the show, so you know what that means. I'm going to have some sort of ridiculous thing to say. I feel like I'm pretty tame, to be honest with you, on this episode of the podcast. But I'll let you, dear listener, dear viewer, be the judge of that, I suppose. This episode of Locked On Grizzlies is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. Once again, we are proud members of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team each and every day, free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Like, comment, rate, review, subscribe, all those wonderful ideas and possibilities. They are endless when it comes to Locked On Grizzlies and Locked On Podcast Network. Check us out. Make us a part of your NBA and Memphis Grizzlies content consumption. And for the next couple of weeks, for your FIBA basketball content and consumption, because here in the NBA dog days of the offseason, still a month or so until training camps get underway, for the Grizzlies and the rest of their counterparts in the National Basketball Association. But FIBA basketball has officially launched. The World Cup is going on in Asia as we speak, potentially, depending on when you're listening to or viewing this episode of the show. The games are early in the morning through later in the morning here in the U.S., if that is your predominant place where you're checking out Locked on Grizzlies. Early wake-ups, but at the same time, a chance to watch some competitive international basketball and the United States and Jaron Jackson Jr. got underway this past weekend with a pretty impressive showing, not necessarily a surprising one against New Zealand, right? It was expected that the United States would not just beat New Zealand, but kind of cruise through the entire group stage, the first phase of uh, how FIBA does their basketball tournament. 
their biggest competition that we'll talk about later on in the show is Greece. And that's the game that, again, might be happening as you listen to or view this episode of the podcast. But America is expected to win that. They're currently a 22 or so point favorite via most sports books like FanDuel uh, going into that game. So hopefully you'll forgive me. I'm assuming an American victory. If they don't win, we know what we're talking about later in the week on Lockdown Grizzlies, right? That would be a pretty dramatic failure if the Grizzlies, if uh, not the Grizzlies, if the United States were to fall short against Greece. But the Greeks are considered the biggest threat to the Americans, and I use that term loosely, in this particular portion of the tournament. So New Zealand was below the Greeks. It was expected that the U.S. would win by double digits, and they did that and then, and then some. Obviously, this is Locked on Grizzlies, and you are listening or watching for uh, takeaways from Jaron Jackson Jr.'s performance. And it was a mixed bag, right? Uh, he only played 16 minutes. I say only because he had foul trouble. One of the major positives of that, kudos to Steve Kerr, Eric Spolster, the entire U.S. staff, they let him play with foul trouble, right? They let him get to a place where he had to foul out of the basketball game. I can appreciate that. Taylor Jenkins, hopefully you're a listener, a viewer, a content consumer of Lockdown Grizzlies. You're watching the FIBA games. I know you are. Let Jaron Jackson Jr. foul out. Let him work through that foul trouble. That's the best way he's going to learn. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Taking him out with two fouls in the first quarter, three fouls in the second. Just let the dude play, man. Just let him play. And I, I thought that was good that the U.S. did that. He was extremely impactful offensively. Four for four, perfect from the field. Didn't take a single three-point shot, which is interesting, right? He, he acknowledged that he had the opportunity to get to the basket, score, and he did so effectively. And I, that was really good to see. Only the one assist, again, DeMichael and I have talked about here, we want to see him continue to grow as a facilitator. So not necessarily like we need him to be Tyrese Halliburton or Jalen Brunson, you know, a guard for Team USA. But a little bit more ball movement and creating for others would be nice. Only one block, which is mildly surprising, right? We expect Jaron to dominate at this level. For whatever reason, his body positioning was off. He was timing, mistiming his jumps, reaching at times, committing silly uh, silly mistakes, you know, three turnovers in the game. That's not going to cut it, right? The, so the five fouls, the three turnovers, those are all negative slots on his ledger, so to speak. But the four rebounds in 16 minutes, that's decent. Uh, you you want to see him continue to get better at being a more traditional big, not for the sake of that's what he needs to do all the time for the Grizzlies because Steven Adams exists, but you want to see him be in a spot where he's more comfortable to do that when Adams is not on the floor or for the sake of the long-term for the Grizzlies, when he hopefully fingers crossed, right. Is the long-term solution at center. When Steven Adams is gone, whenever that may be. And I'm not advocating for getting rid of Steven Adams. I think he and Jared play pretty well together. And Adams is pretty significant to the Grizzlies offense at large. Team USA as a whole was interesting in this game, right? Like Paolo Benchero was the guy who really went off for the U S in this contest. And that's one of the cool things about being a fan of American basketball. You look at some of these rosters, maybe one NBA player, two, three, you know, team Canada, who we'll talk a little bit about here in a little bit um, because of old friend Dylan Brooks, they're looking pretty good. They have a lot of pro players that are of the NBA variety, a majority of their roster 
the United States is entirely NBA players, right? So they have a bunch of guys from Halliburton, Mikel Bridges, Banchero, who was just mentioned, Brandon Ingram, who's a little bit frustrated right now talking about how he's trying to find his rhythm. Ingram was not a very good scorer in this game. He played 15 minutes, 25% from the field. You know, he, he was not the offensive threat that I'm sure they want to see him be as a starter for this team. But one of the beauties of Team USA is Banchero comes off the bench. He's red hot, two for two from three. Really strong scoring game. He filled in nicely and helped eat some of those minutes from Ingram, who was struggling, Jaron, who was in those foul troubles with those issues. On any given night, you know, except for maybe Walker Kessler, no disrespect to him. But aside from him or Bobby Portis, you know, even Jaron can get hot offensively. We've seen that at the NBA level. Austin Reeves had a strong offensive game, 12 points off the bench. You know, but you you, you don't have to so much focus on how your shot is going in because that will come. All of them, except, you know, Portis and Kessler, the more traditional bigs, all of these Team USA guys can get their shot converted at a high level. It's the the niche things of defending the rim, being aggressive on the glass, being able to get out and transition. Team USA is so much more athletic than just about everybody they're going to see it, not just in group stage, but the entire tournament, right? So those are the places where you want to see a Jaron Jackson Jr. really thrive. And while it was nice to see the ball go in the bucket for him, the foul trouble, the turnover ratio, the lower end of blocks. I don't think he had a single steal in the game. You know, those stocks are so valuable for Jaron. Uh, let me confirm that. Yeah, no steals. No steals for Jaron in his in his 16 minutes of play. So Jaron's not there to be an offensive weapon. You know, that's not his role on the team. It's, it's a nice bonus when he scores 12 points and is extremely efficient scoring the ball. But he has to be a better defender. He has to be able to stay on the floor within those FIBA rules to be able to take advantage of them and be a force on the defensive side of things. So it was good to see Team USA pull out their win against New Zealand, but as we'll talk about a little bit later with their game against Greece, this stage of the tournament America is expected to be dominant in. It's cleaning things up once the tournament gets a little bit more difficult in the next week or so. That's where the the priorities probably lie for Team USA. We're going to check in with old friend Santi Aldama. Maybe not old friend. He's still pretty young. Looking good for Spain early on. We'll also check out Team Canada and former Grizzly Dylan Brooks next here on Lockdown Grizzlies. But first, this episode of Lockdown Grizzlies is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel Sportsbook, again, an official partner of Locked On, official sportsbook of Locked On. You need to get ready for the NFL season. You need to do so with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook right now. New customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. It's a quick, fun, easy app to use. You can bet on anything from spreads, player props, and more. Obviously, lots of other sports going on this time of the year, getting revved up, ready for action, but the 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 professional and college football realm is king, especially the NFL. That's where your interest probably lies this time of year. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 
we are talking Santi Aldama and pretty strong showings from him, at least early on in the FIBA tournament next here on Locked On Grizzlies. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Welcome back to Lockdown Grizzlies. I am Joe Mullinax, your host for this episode. Jaron Jackson Jr. was our focus in the previous segment. Santi Aldama will be our focus now. But before I do that, I want to say hi to my partner, to Michael Cole. I miss you. I hope all is well. I hope you enjoying are enjoying your trip to Michael, of course, the commercial appeal there in Memphis, Tennessee. Memphis Grizzlies beat writer for that publication. FIBA's cool, but his job is to cover the Grizzlies, and he's trying to get some rest and relaxation in before that kicks into high gear in the next month or so. Understandable. Happy to be here with you solo on this edition of the podcast. Jaron had some pros and cons in his first official FIBA basketball game. Santi Aldama was a lot more pro than con, and obviously that is a massive thing for the Grizzlies if Santiago Aldama, as he's known on Team Spain, can continue that energy. Now, it's important to point out, again, similar to the United States playing New Zealand, Spain is the defending world champion going against the Ivory Coast in this game that they recently played. Spain, of course, getting ready to take on Brazil, I believe it is, and their game on Monday. Brazil is better than them, but Spain is one of those teams similar to the United States that's expected to make some noise beyond this early group stage. But one of the really cool things to see is that Santi Aldama led Team Spain in minutes. You know, the Hernan Gomez brothers were in the mix there. Juan Nunez was in the mix there. You got several guys with NBA experience in the past or in the present on the roster. So the minutes were balanced, but Santi Almost 23 minutes played. He was the lead minute getter off the bench. He's not a starter for Team Spain, but he's clearly their sixth man. Offensively, it wasn't his strongest outing. Two for six. He only scores eight points. But what really encouraged me from watching the highlights, looking up the numbers, seeing what Santi was able to do with Team Spain, three blocks, which is pretty important, five rebounds in 23 minutes of play. Why does that matter? And it's just one game against the Ivory Coast. One of the conversation pieces around Santi Aldama has been his defense, which is very bad, right? I think that's fair to say. It was clear in the Lakers series a couple months ago, a few months ago now. Obviously, that is a place where he has to grow his game. And he's almost a seven-foot-tall player. Sometimes the idea of him being a Lowry Markkinen-esque wing is floated. I don't see that for him. I don't think he's laterally quick enough to do that. He needs to get better as a big defensively. The three blocks stands out as maybe an acknowledgement, whether it's from the team Spain, 
coaching staff, from Santi himself, a combination of the two. He has to be a much more efficient defender. If he is not that type of defender, he will not meet his full potential as an offensive weapon for the Grizzlies. He has a ton of ability as a scorer. He's shown flashes from all three levels for Memphis. But the defensive struggles negate that at this stage of his career. It's just one game, and it's a FIBA game against the Ivory Coast, but it's still good to see that within his opportunities that he had, even when he was not the most offensively efficient player on the floor, he made impactful minutes happen through his defensive play. That is significant and something that we're very happy, or at least I'm very happy, to see as someone who follows the Memphis Grizzlies. Because when you look at the Grizzlies front court, acknowledging that Brandon Clark going to be out to start the year, Steven Adams, it's assumed, and we see workout videos that he'll be good to go once training camp arrives here in the next month. But at the same time, Santi's going to be that guy that's the third or fourth big off the bench, and he's going to get a lot of significant minutes, hopefully alongside Jaron Jackson Jr., since they're both such offensive threats. But if they both can't rebound, or if Santi is such a defensive liability that he's not able to help Jaron be the best version of himself in terms of a weak side rim protector, Santi can't get the minutes that offensively he probably should. So those three blocks really stand out. The five rebounds really stand out. Continue the work on that end of the floor, Santi. The scoring will come. Like we mentioned with Team USA, Brandon Ingram, the three blocks is just massive for his development. If he can find a way to be that level of rim protector, I just think that's going to go above and beyond what his potential we thought all we all thought could be when he was selected 30th overall a couple of years ago in the NBA draft. You know, it, it just is so significant if he can be a guy that can play next to Jaron and be a defensive, not necessarily a defensive force, just a net neutral to even slightly below average because of how he can score the ball. You know, Kenneth Lofton Jr. can also score the ball, but he doesn't have the frame that Santi Aldama does. There's a built-in advantage for him there. So shout out to Santi for really playing well in his first game, and hopefully he continues that as the season, or the tournament, excuse me, grinds along. I do want to take a couple minutes to shout out Team Canada because it looks like they're starting to figure it out. Right now, again, like we said, with Team USA and Team Spain, Canada has a lot of NBA talent. The team that they played, Lebanon, does not necessarily have that much NBA talent. You know, Amari Spellman had some NBA run, but he's really it. So Canada was expected to be competitive in this game and win this game by a lot. Winning by 50-some points is still pretty impressive, and whether it's Shai Gilgis-Alexander, Kelly Olenek, R.J. Barrett, old friend Dylan Brooks, the main reason I'm bringing up Team Canada, lots of NBA talent, potential NBA talent, NBA defense on this Team Canada roster. And they had nine guys scoring double digits. So it was a complete roster victory. Is this the year Canada breaks through? They've never really had a super strong showing in FIBA, you know, with Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Dylan Brooks, they got strong defense. RJ Barrett's a strong scorer. Obviously, SGA, uh, one of the top 10 or so players in the NBA. Olenek can really score the ball from range. It's, it's going to be interesting to watch Canada the rest of this tournament. They have uh, seemingly a, a good mix of NBA to national team talent. And they really do, although their draw is a little bit tougher than Team USA's, for example, in the group stage, 
they they seem driven. They seem focused. They seem motivated. They know that they have a pretty good shot to compete on an, almost any given night. And with that in mind, I think that you'll see can, uh, the Canadian team continue to grow and develop as they come across some of these tougher opponents they might see. But kudos to Dylan. Hopefully he's doing well. Uh, obviously Canada's playing well right now, but this is locked on Grizzlies. This is locked on Rockets or you know, locked on Dylan Brooks. We're going to refocus here and talk about Jaron Jackson Jr.'s next game coming up with Greece. Obviously, he and his teammates will have a, a contest there, and it'll be one of the tougher games of this period of group stage, right? Because, again, the, the NBA players, the athleticism, the speed. Team USA got a draw that was fairly favorable to them. They're assumed to be the top team coming out of this group. But the next top team is Greece, the team that's figured to be below them and perhaps could give them the best game of the group stage. We're going to talk about how Jaron and his comrades over at Team USA can get this thing rolling and really build upon their success against New Zealand. Stick around here on Locked On Grizzlies. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to Locked On Grizzlies. I am Joe Mullinax, your host for this episode of the podcast, Flying Solo. Michael Cole, the commercial appeal there in Memphis, Tennessee, getting a much-deserved break, right? He deserves all the good things in the world, including time off, um, recharging the batteries, resting up. He'll be back with us later on this week as we end August, start September, head into Labor Day weekend, all those sorts of fun things. So that that will be starting on Wednesday when, when DeMichael will be back, and we'll welcome him back happily here on Lockdown Grizzlies. But you got me, Joe Molinax of Bluff City Media, every once in a while over at SB Nation with you on this Monday edition of the show. And we've been talking FIBA, right? Because DeMichael and I and any other Locked On NBA host uh, that has players playing in this tournament, we're very fortunate. You know, I feel sorry for those that don't have guys in the tournament because it's it's tough content-wise right now. you got to be pretty creative. Uh, it's a little bit simpler when you've got active basketball on your screen that you can watch and try to analyze. And with Team USA, they are staring down an opponent that isn't necessarily a threat to the Americans in the macro sense. But I do think they're the team in group stage play that is most capable of harming Team USA in the micro sense, maybe attacking a weakness here or there. Again, this game is going to start at 8.30 a.m. Eastern time on Monday morning. So you might be checking this episode out before, during, or after that game with Greece happened. It's widely assumed that Greece is going to go into the second group stage that helps determine the eight quarter finalists for this tournament. The Greeks were, you know, in the top 10 or so, I think 11th in a couple of the world cups, ninth in another. So they really are a solid global group but they are not the Americans. They don't have the level of NBA talent, athleticism, skill, those sorts of things. So America is right in that 22-point favorite line as of this recording. It's regardless of who they play, 
the greatest threat to the United States right now is themselves. While Greece might be competitive for a while, right? And that's one of the things about international play when it comes to America. For a half, it might be America up by five, right, or seven. Maybe in the third quarter, the Greeks pull within four or five. But the speed, the athleticism, the ability to just get out and run that the United States possesses, very few, if any, international sides can contend with. Now, a lot of the international teams have caught up talent-wise. You know, that's an argument that's made often. The ability to actually play the game of basketball, shoot the ball, distribute the ball, the skills that go along with the game, the world is most certainly caught up. But America still has the best athletes on the planet. And as part of that, that transition game is going to be such an important piece of what the United States tries to do, not just against the Greeks, but overall. I mentioned earlier in the show that Paolo Benchero, he was the guy who really kind of propelled offensively the United States, only one who scored more than 15 points. You have to imagine that guys like Jalen Brunson, Brandon Ingram, Ingram, who we mentioned earlier, his length, his size as a, as a true combo forward, Anthony Edwards, they have so many options not named Jaron Jackson Jr. that can go off offensively. you got to imagine that that's going to happen at some point. It would be really good to see that happen against Greece because, again, more so than the opponent, it's finding your rhythm. It's getting into a place when you do start seeing the Team Spain to the Team Canada's, the Germany's these squads that could be a threat within the quarterfinal, semifinal kind of rounds, how do you get your team chemistry up and revving as best you can? Because like DeMichael has talked about here on Locked on Grizzlies, America does not have the national program that other countries do, right? You look at the Team USA roster, a large array, of extremely talented players that have international playing experience, LeBron James and others come to mind, are not participating in this tournament. It's a very young, inexperienced, at least on the global stage, group of NBA players. Because of that, even with a team like Greece, or even in this group stage where the the Americans are expected to be a little bit just a class above, it's reason for pause and reason to kind of hope that you see an Anthony Edwards take a step forward. You see a Brandon Ingram find his rhythm because it's not always going to be that drastic of a gap in terms of skill and athleticism. The the world is shrinking it. And obviously Greece would have shrunk it even more if Giannis Antetokounmpo had played in this tournament. He opted not to. And that's a major reason why the Greeks maybe in the past have been a top 10 to 12 side in a tournament like this. That's not really expected this time around. Um, It really, really needs to be about finding rhythm offensively for the Americans. And for Jaron Jackson Jr., it's about staying on the floor. As you go up to defend a shot, rim protection, how do you position your body? How do you time your leap? The Greeks do not have a player the level of or the combination of athleticism and size of Jaron Jackson Jr. Lots of teams don't. Again, if Giannis was there, of course, he he would definitely have that combination, but he's not. He's not there, and, and Jaron has to take advantage of that. You have to look to get other guys involved. If Jaron drives and teams collapse, our players collapse on him because of his size, this would be a great game for that vision to become a little more clear. Finding an Ingram in the corner, making that kickout pass, 
being a little bit more fluid with the ball in your hands as opposed to head down, driving to the rim, trying to convert as best you can. This would be a good game for that. And every member of Team USA has aspects of their games that they could try to evolve a bit within this game. That's the beauty of America's draw in the early stages of the FIBA tournament. Their talent physically is almost certainly going to get them to where they need to be moving on to the next round as the top team from this group. Again, Greece likely to be the second squad. With that in mind, this is going to be their biggest test, and they have to try their best to come in with the mindset of, let's try to do what Canada did. Let's try to be that dominant side and really have a strong showing where we look like we're ready for when the competition increases, because that's going to happen. Right, whether it's Team uh, Spain with Santi, whether it is Team Canada down the road, whatever the case might be, there is going to be a time where this gets tougher for Team USA, and the Greeks are the best opportunity early in the tournament for there to kind of sharpen their their tools kit. Right, iron sharpens iron. This is their best chance at that. Maybe in practice they have a better chance at it against themselves. But an actual FIBA tournament play here, this is their best crack at it. And whether it's Jaron distributing, Jaron staying on the floor and using his body appropriately, less turnovers, finding shots for their offensive weapons like Edwards and Ingram to get them more efficient and effective and into a rhythm early in the game, this is probably their best chance to find that. So hopefully they do so through their upcoming contest with Greece. And of course, we'll talk about the results and how Team USA and Santi and Spain and all the other folks are doing as we grind forth here on Lockdown Grizzlies later on this week. Thank you so much for being with me on this edition of the show. It is appreciated. It will be a finals Wednesday the next time that we're back together. Again, I anticipate to Michael Cole rejoining the show, being with me to talk about FIBA basketball with that finals Wednesday, our final finals Wednesday of August maybe taking a look at the American path to the finals of FIBA, how the finality of Jaron's development, we have no idea when that may come, the finality of Santi's role with Spain. Is there any path for him to get to the starting spot on Team Spain if he continues the strong level of play? We'll talk a variety of things working that finals preview angle uh in our final show with the FIBA tournament, because obviously that's the big thing happening with the Grizzlies right now. DeMichael talked about NBA 2K24, all sorts of different other items that could be up for discussion. Make sure you're checking back with us on Wednesday for that. Thank you for subscribing, rating, reviewing, liking, commenting, however you take in Locked On Grizzlies, whether it's on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. We appreciate it as proud members of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team each and every day, and hopefully you are or will become an everydayer checking out our show every time it goes live. I am Joe Mullinax. I look forward to seeing you again very soon. Make sure you're liking, rating, reviewing, commenting, subscribing, all of those fun things. Until next time, stay locked in. This is Locked On. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.